Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. It was really good, y'all. Uh, Monday Night Raw last night emanating from Newark, New Jersey. A lot of people uh, seem to be in attendance. I got their tickets off of, uh, you know, the, the wise man's app. If they were to, uh, you know, show up, but whatever, right? That's a whole nother thing. Um, open up the show with the man, Becky Lynch, and the man's man, the Beast Slayer, our universal champion, Seth Frickin' Rollins, and uh, some mixed tag action, intergender tag team matchup. Pardon when I said the man, Becky Lynch, let's not leave out the fact that she is the Royal Women's Champion, so. Uh, pardon that. Shouts to both of them. And shouts to Zelina Vega and Andrade. Uh, while they had this mixed match, uh, challenge-esque match, you know, a dream match in a way, uh, they did not look like slouches at all. In the early part of the going with Becky and uh, Zelina in the ring, it seemed that uh, Zelina needed to just get a foot in. This is another week that I'm just watching uh, the, just the in-ring work, just the fundamentals. Who's got what? Who's who's good? Who's who still needs work and such like that? It came across that Zelina still needed a little bit of work in the early going. While uh, Becky clearly, uh, definitely more uh, ring savvy, just off of her experience in the ring in general. You know, much more fundamentally sound. Was trying to, uh, I would say, at least the way it uh, came across on TV, was uh, carrying the match along. While Zelina was uh, getting up to speed. And once she did, you know, with all of the shenanigans and such like that attached, it definitely was, uh, you know, a good showing from both of them in the, in the moment. Got a, a quick tag to Andrade. Him and Seth had a good... It was basically almost the same thing, except those two, you know, a lot more crisp. You know, definitely seemed like they've trained together before. They've been in the ring together, but... In this incarnation of the match, I think this might have been the first time ever. I could be wrong, but it was definitely good to see uh, both of them go. And you know, uh, one of my top moves, one of my favorite moves for the match was uh, the knee set hit from the ropes. Great spot, Andrade sold it beautifully, and he sold the stomp beautifully. Uh, crazy moment with the tackle outside the ring. Becky pushed Seth out the way, took the tackle from Andrade. Small minute, excuse me, small amount of chaos for a minute, and uh, it, it was just good. I enjoyed uh, just how they went about, you know, having the match. Seth and Becky picked up the win. Seth hit the stomp in the ring. Andrade sold it uh, greatly, and um, yeah, it was a good way to start off the show. Definitely know uh, this Sunday is Extreme Rules streaming live on the WWE Network where Becky and Seth are going to be taking on Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin uh, for the win-and-take-all match. You already know if uh, Baron wins, then he's the champion, and Lacey is now the women's champion. So we're going to see how it goes. We know that Lacey was out there. Becky and Lacey brawled real quick in the crowd. Baron and uh, Seth, well, Baron snuck up on Seth after the match was over. And uh, Becky and Seth was up on, you know, up on stage, you know, belts were, but ch- championships raised high up and, you know, attack from Corbin from behind. Good stuff leading into the match on Sunday. Not really trying to get into who looked strong and who looked weak. 
uh, you know, but we will say that Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans have the momentum going into uh, their championship match at Extreme Rules. So, all in all, good opening segment. I'm not mad at it. However, they had to restart the match. It was cool. It was a little brawl and such like that. It was just good stuff. For, you know, just getting... It's still creative ways. They're trying to delve into commercial breaks. Uh, some aren't... Uh, you know, that high on it, but I believe that uh, WWE given the right form of advocacy, these guys could learn how to get used to it and stop complaining as much. But uh, we'll just have to all just continue to watch the product and see how it all develops. Next up, six-man tag, two out of three falls, the Miz and the Usos taking on Elias and the, taking on the Elias, taking on Elias and the Revival. And, um, yeah, good good tag match. Very fun. Um, it wasn't an elimination match like the one earlier. Uh, even though that was... Uh, I, I'm just going to say that was all for storyline purposes. The elimination bit with the uh, intergender tag match that opened the show. But all know the six-man tag was cool. Uh, both guys got a quick fall. Well, not a quick fall, but both guys got a good fall. And it ended up being uh, the two... Two on three handicap match or three on two. Uh, Elias Miz couldn't stop fighting, or well, Miz kept on trying to fight Elias. That was pretty good. Had Miz looking like, you know, badass out there, and, you know, getting some uh, good retribution from the past couple of weeks that have been difficult. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, Usos brought a definitely good energy to the match. Kept it uh, high intense. You know, used a good form of popularity, and the crowd was uh, into it for the most part. So, uh, you know, Usos picked up the win. Good, good six-man tag. Uh, got Miz looking strong. Not mad at it at all. So, let's get on into the next segment. All right. So, Rey Mysterio uh, is back on Monday Night Raw from his injuries. Good to know he's, you know, healed up and ready to get it, ready to go with it. So um, he has his open challenge where he, uh, you know, pretty much challenges anyone in the back to take him on. He was upset about he lost in the, well, excuse me, the uh, United States Championship, and he wants to start getting some momentum back so we, so we get back in some title picture maybe. So um, out comes Bobby Lashley standing tall after last week's massacre. And I'm and I mean from both sides. Apparently, in storyline, apparently Braun Strowman, uh, well, he hurt his spleen or something like that. And Bobby Lashley, you know, he's back on the promo tip. Now he's back in in-ring condition, and he completely destroys Rey Mysterio, giant spear. I mean, big man, little man stuff. But Rey just couldn't keep up. Lashley took him to the top of the stage, was going to throw him through the same place he was tackled through last week, but the officials, thank goodness, came out and stopped him from doing that to Little Ray. Don't want to say Little Ray, but, you know, just with the size dynamics in the match. But, um, yeah, all in all, Bobby Lashley picked up the victory and uh, got the beat down on Ray Mysterio going into his match that he's going to have with Braun Strowman this Sunday. At Extreme Rules, streaming live for the WWE Network, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one. Now these guys definitely have some uh, emotion invested. Everybody wants to see how the match goes. I think they're gonna be 
highly entertained just off of the uh, athleticism that both of these guys have been able to show. I hope that they uh, take, I don't want to say take their time with like, you know, a slow going match to get into the hot, the good stuff. But I would say that they don't, I, don't, I wouldn't like to see them gas out too early, you know, and maybe save some of the cool spots for uh, maybe midway through the match going into like the closing sequences. And I mean, that's just, uh, you know, a suggestion for the, for the best of the match. You know, uh, they say everyone is saying that the, these guys didn't they didn't have any steam for a while with some of the tests of strength and all of that. I I enjoyed them, you know, but you know that's just me. I watched the program a little differently. I continue to say that, but all in all, it was uh, very good to uh, you know see Bobby Lashley back, and it's going to be great to see Braun Strowman back on Sunday at Extreme Rules. And a last man standing match, I believe that's what the stipulation is now. So, oh uh, man, who knows what it, what it, uh, what the story is gonna end up being with those guys. So, um, yeah, all in all, good segment, and let's move on to the next one. Um, I'm I'm glad that No Way Jose took that green weave out of his hair. Uh, you know, I think that's the best way to you know, really get into what we've been given with this character outside of him being, you know, part of the 24-7 crew. I don't know what backstage creative really sees for him. Right now, we've just been seeing him as an enhancement talent. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not for or against No Way Jose. I'm not huge on the name, you know, so it's just like, eh. He has that Adam Rose, what is it? Adam Rose back in the day with the rosebuds, that the party animal vibe, and it's it's all right in a way, but at the same time, it's like, well, you do know that you're only gonna be going so far on the card with a character like this, where it's just, you know, literally ha ha, jokey jokey, dance dance dance, like eh, it's it's alright, but it isn't, uh, you know. Is not my my favorite, you know. So I'm not against it, but I had to get into uh, that part first, just so we could get into uh, my man Cesaro, who is definitely looking like uh, the other half of the bar. You know, he, you can see the homage to Sheamus. They've pretty much redone the Sheamus intro and just giving it a new Cesaro theme and I'm always thankful for a superstar getting a new theme but we do need a theme that is likable and kind of exemplifies the WWE superstar you know we've got uh, a lot of tracks that really do fit the characters uh, such as Alexa Bliss's theme you know NXT is really good for that with having certain themes that just really give the idea of a new character and uh, them translating over to WWE. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, uh, I think this time around with Cesaro uh, finally having his own theme instead of it being like what is the old Tyson Kidd theme and then having, uh, you know, Sheamus's theme when he came back as a heel. It's just like, because uh, I wasn't big on Sheamus' old school theme at all. The one that was before this, when he came, before he came back with the Mohawk and such. But, um, yeah, man, all of that, all of that said, Cesaro looked great in there. Jose, you know, it's, 
I don't know what I got. I've already said what I needed to say about No Way Jose. You know, uh, of course I have high hopes for him. You know, but it's uh, not really up to me. But to have Cesaro go in there and look like an animal, and you know, constantly prove that he's the best guy in the ring that evening, even with the short amount of time that they were given this evening on Raw last night, it was uh, very good. You know, Cesaro looked strong, had some strong moments, and um, I'm really not opposed to, you know, how how my man does his thing. You know? So, uh, shouts to Cesaro for uh, picking up that victory. Uh, you know, we, we, I guess we're just still waiting on Jose if he really has any, uh, if they have any plans for him moving forward or whatever. Maybe another match with Cesaro, I don't know. Maybe he could be upset now and wants some real retribution once. I mean, I don't want to say once an official match with Cesaro because he's clearly already lost all of those. But um, uh, time is going to tell, indeed, uh, what we get from these guys. All right, next up was uh, next up was uh, the Viking Raiders taking on, uh, was it? Uh, look, we just going to call them Dos Locales for now. Uh, Colin and Devin, I believe their names was, had the same last name, but <laughs> whatever. But because the Viking Raiders went in there and completely decimated these guys. Very, very good stuff. The tag division is heating up, but it's heating up slowly. But when they get there, they're going to get there. And I mean... I'm I'm so sure that the tag division is going to be on another level in a couple of months. It's just, uh, you know, watching how all of the tag teams continue to develop. Um, like, uh, say, for instance, the Street Profits. <laughs> we will indeed see what these guys bring to the table uh, as far as in-ring work goes but for right now they'll be doing the backstage bits you know not bad hyping up tag team matches hyping up matches in general i mean just to have something to do in the meantime give them some tv time let the crowd get acclimated with them i don't have any complaints uh some people do have complaints about you know just how these guys are you know portrayed from a seemingly stereotypical uh you know, standpoint. I'm not. Uh, I'm not against it. Last week, I think I gave him maybe an 8.8, 8. 8.9. Uh, this week, just because they were able to do, you know, what was asked of them, and you know, they said and did what they like. It was just. It was exactly what we would expect, and I don't think that it was uh, too. You know, I don't think it was overdone. You know, with just so the, you know, playing to the strengths of the African American demographic in a certain age range. So it's uh, it was good. I wasn't mad at it. You know, I wasn't highly offended at all. <laughs> you know, and some people are just waiting to be offended by what takes place with these guys. So we'll see. But all in all, uh, good stuff. Not mad at all at how the Viking Raiders uh, were portrayed on the show. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun match. So, uh, with all of that, let's get on into the next one. All 
Alright. Ricochet scheduled for a match against uh, the club's Luke Gallows, a.k.a. Tex Ferguson. These guys apparently just signed a new deal with the company. Very happy about that. You know, now we get to see AJ and, you know, his uh, heel incarnation. And we get to see him in the club do their thing again. I don't think we've seen these guys do their thing since the beat up John Cena days. So it's good to see now that these guys are, uh, you know, back at it in the ring doing the thing. Good stuff in there with Ricochet. Ricochet in there with them. He cut a good promo. Not bad. It wasn't uh, the best promo. Standard lines. I think that's a good way to say it. Just to uh, test out how comfortable he would sound. And I will say he definitely sounded uh, steps above uh, the G golly. I'm just happy to be here promos. He still has the same vocal inflection, but it's fine. That's not a problem. You know, you, if he maybe put a little bit more uh, bass in his chest uh, with a standard promo like that, it would have got over a little better with a couple of more members of the WWE Universe. I wasn't mad at it. I think Ricochet did a good job. He, uh, you know, he set it off in a way that would get people interested in what he has to say next. And, hey, man, he, he went in there and said, said nobody up against, you know. And he's not going back down because, you know, that's not what a champion does, you know. So if he's asked to take on all three and be in Gallows, uh, Anderson, and even AJ going before their matchup this Sunday at Extreme Rules streaming live on the WWE Network, then that's just going, it's going to be what it's going to be. So, um picks up the victory over Luke Gallows. Then uh, AJ, you know, jumps in and says, hey, you want to beat everybody? So beat Carl Anderson. Gets in there, beats Carl Anderson. Uh, you know, and uh, both good matches. Um, you know, afterward, AJ definitely did the beat up thing. Uh, he, uh, all three of them beat up on, excuse me, beat up on Ricochet. Uh, you know, got the win. Not what got the win, but, you know, looked strong by the end of it all. And um, it was it was uh, good stuff. I think Ricochet looked good selling the moves. Got that. Well, AJ was going for a Styles Clash of the second rope, I believe, after the Magic Killer. And uh, decided to just, uh, you know, let him go ahead. Told him to stay down. Ricochet got back up, so they beat him down again. But um, definitely good heat leading into the match on Sunday. So, good stuff. Glad to see the club back around. They're going to be sticking around. Definitely interested to see these guys go in there against some uh, against some uh, new, new tag teams, some fresh tag teams. These guys and the Viking Raiders definitely came to mind. I don't want to rush it. Uh, but, you know, when that does happen, I def I'm definitely going to be excited about it just from an in-ring standpoint. So, can't wait for that. Alright, Drake Maverick apparently survived the night as a 24-7 champion. R-Truth chasing him down the whole night. Drake Maverick basically been given, uh, you know, the ball to run with, and he's doing a fairly good job with it. Uh, him and his, uh, what, his hot wife, everybody thinks she just is uh, a perfect fit for WWE TV. 
I personally enjoy her dry anger and somewhat sarcasm. You know, it's uh, it's just two good uh, dynamics that play off of each other very well. So um, I'm happy to see that. Uh, we had Bailey and uh, Nikki Cross, I believe, go at it in a beat the clock challenge. Uh, Bailey took on Sarah Logan, much more aggressive uh, competitor, uh, definitely on the come up and was beefing with uh, Dana Brooke, who definitely knows the power of the opportunity and took full advantage of it, you know, just on camera and with the way she's been doing with the, you know, showing the flex uh, during the, you know, segments on Raw that we don't get to see. Uh, I think that uh, uh, in the, uh, was part of me. On top of that uh, match, where she was unfortunately uh, busted open, and you know had to have the match stopped. I believe she picked up the victory over Sarah, but I knew that this match going into it, if we were to have the winners be Bailey and Nikki Cross, we know the stipulation. I believe it was to uh, if Nikki wins, then they get to pick the well. Alexa gets to pick the stipulation. It's Sunday during. The women's championship rematch against Bailey with uh, with Nikki Cross in her corner, and um, yeah, uh, Bailey took out Dana Brooke. Uh, well, excuse me, Bailey took out Sarah Logan in sometime uh, under five minutes, but Nikki Cross took out Sarah Logan and I believe under two minutes. So it's like, oh man, that's that's something else. So. Now, Alexa Bliss is going to pick the stipulation. Who knows what it's going to be? I'm, I'm, a part of me is hoping for a kendo stick match. Uh, but I believe the pick was... Oh, actually, it was... The stipulation is now two-on-one handicap match. I'm bugging. See? But who knows? Kendo sticks might come out. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, time shall tell. Ah, yes, and now to our main offense with Drew McIntyre and the best in the world. It's a little early. My voice ain't all the way warmed up. I need to get my early morning drink. But uh, Shane McMahon uh, took on Roman Reigns and an opponent of Shane and Drew's choosing. Now, Shane and Drew were running around the entire night, uh, you know, scoping out the Prudential Center for some potential talent. Uh, could have found anybody in the locker room. But they decided to uh, ask some of the uh, employees of the Prudential Center. So they were, they found like one of the, just a couple of guys in the back, you know. But eventually they found a, an old man limping. And offered them $5,000 to be in the match and on the apron. And, you know, they don't want to deal with all of the fit. They don't want them to deal with all of the fame. How highly noticeable these guys are. So they told them to put on a mask. They get to the ring and uh, introduce Roman's partner, Gary the Goat. Garbutt. Oh, man. You know, I don't really speak too much uh, about this part, but Jesus Christ, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
yeah, so apparently these guys are in there and they're ready to go at it. And um, the GOAT actually got some skills. Now, who was the man under the mask was the question that everybody was wondering. And I had my personal idea as soon as I seen one of the moves. You know we watch 205 Live, got a lot of respect for the show. Wondering if Triple H is still in charge over there. And I mean, I'm sure he is, of course, but I mean, who's who's who got the headphones on Gorilla? You know what I mean? Just just a random question I would ask, but probably never get the answer to, right? But um either way, uh you know, it turns out to be Cedric Alexander. The Roman and Drew, I mean, excuse me, Shane and Drew picked up the victory over Roman and Cedric Alexander, though, because of that, again, out of nowhere, Claymore kick. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, I'm, we just need to call it the Claymore. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Completely turned Cedric inside out. Flipped him around, spun him all types of directions with that, and busted his lip. Good God. It was fast. It was impactful. It was intense. And that's what the Drew McIntyre character is all about. And I definitely enjoyed uh, <laughs> that main event. It made me chuckle to see a 205 Live guy at random. They finally got Cedric on Raw in the main event. Whoa, how about that? So excellent opportunity i think he made the most of it now hopefully he can uh have some of this character uh you know translated through we'll see uh how it goes though with roman taking on uh shane and drew with the undertaker as his partner this sunday at extreme rules streaming live on the wwe network i'm excited for it I like the card. I don't uh, remember all of the matches, but I know it's definitely gonna be a night to remember. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, events taking place that weekend. A little evolve event they got going on where the NXT superstars is gonna be in there doing their thing. Also, uh, got some other stuff rumbling. Apparently, uh, I don't want to say too much because of uh, you know potential ship jumpers. Uh, being all upset, you know, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it's gonna be a good weekend and in, in wrestling and in sports entertainment, and I cannot wait. So, for all that said, again, shout out to everybody bringing the podcast each and every week. Can't wait to smack down tonight. So, I will catch y'all then. Peace.